What in the hell is that? Jessica Wayland heard the words without recognizing the voice. It originated just outside the stone walls of the hold's guest bathroom, where she was scrubbing her cheeks with ice-cold water piped from the Amazon Creek. The bath was part of the hold's guest suite, attached to a guest bedroom that had been hers before she built her own place at Surf's Up. Toshiro Tanaka, her previous evening's entertainment, still sprawled unconscious across the bed. Sleep cycle incompatibility prevented them from having anything but an occasional fling. Too bad. Like many a musician, he had such good hands. Frozen bat turds, will you look at it? Jessica ran toward the living room before thinking about what she'd heard. Her long, deeply tanned and muscular legs ate the distance between bedrooms and living rooms in their nine long strides. Her mind flew faster than her feet. Kids paying us back for last night? Gotcha? No, they'd be pretending horror, not astonished curiosity. No, this is something else. Jessica was tall and blue-eyed, as Nordic as a glacier, with shoulder-length blonde hair, high cheekbones, and a large, cool mouth. She moved like the athletic animal she was. The muscles in her calves bounced with every long stride. She was unselfconsciously naked. There had been no time to grab a towel. Her father, Cadman Wayland, Colonel Cadman Wayland, had built the hold as a fortress against monsters, even before he understood the Grendel threat. The others called him paranoid and worse, even accusing him of faking a threat as part of a power grab, even a military takeover of the colony. He left them then and built his home on a high ledge, digging into the side of Mucking Great Mountain. Most of it was underground, cool in Avalon's winters and warm in her summers. Light slanted in through the hold's louvered ceiling. The living room was paradise. A green-tiled channel grooved the middle of the living room. The glacial Amazon ran through that, right through the living room, a foot deep and four feet wide. It had once been deeper and narrower there, but Jessica didn't remember that. It was another of those facts she had been told, and which she believed in the same way that she believed there was a solar system with a yellower star and a planet named Earth. A gently sloped tile shelf ran along part of the stream. The rest was fenced off by a hedge that grew along the edge of the running water. The hedge was composed of plants from both Camelot Island and the far reaches of Avalon, so that the room was as much arboretum and botanical garden as living space. Fully half those weirdly shaped plants had thorns and spines. They weren't really cactus, but resembled cactus more than they did any other kind of Terran plant. Avalon plant life needed protection. Any defenseless life form was instant Grendel chow. Some plants had other protection— the violet-petaled beauties with acid resin, tiny deep-blue fruiting bulbs with astonishingly active poison, carnivorous lilies that could turn a frog-sized creature to a husk in forty-eight hours. The garden grew more lethal over the years as the children of Cadman Wayland's hold grew more able to cope with them. The plants came from everywhere, Camelot Island's highlands, offshore islands, even the mainland, all brought here to line the stream, and despite the garden's lethality, it was beautiful. From her earliest days, Jessica thought that the hold was the most wonderful place in the world. At present, Cadman, Marianne, and Sylvia were in the southern thorn forests hunting specimens. The hold and Cadman's bluff itself were Jessica's and Justin's for the next day and a half. A safe place despite the garden. A perfect place to begin the initiation of the Grendel scouts. Later they would be taken to the mainland for their real coming of age. There were neither serpents nor scorpions in this paradise.
So who was doing all the yelling? She was opening the front door when she saw it behind her. Something emerged from the downstream edge of the Amazon's emerald stream bed. It wriggled under the lip of the living room's southern downhill wall to come right into the arboretum. Something alive, something thick-bodied and powerful. Its head reminded her a little of a horse's, only stubbier. It pushed its way farther in. The head melded into a broad, powerful neck that grew longer and longer. A voice behind her said, Hot damn, it's an eel! Toshiro knelt by the side of the Amazon to watch as the beast worked its rubbery length against the current. It splashed cold water on Jessica's bare feet as it moved past. It ignored them completely. Eventually, the entire creature emerged into the living room, fully sixteen feet long and as thick as a horse's upper leg. The front door slammed open and two panting children ran in.